Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know words like feature quite heavily. So, if you've got kids listening or you're easily offended, I'd highly advise you to Hello, I'm Cathy Burke, and welcome to this dark corner of the podcast sphere, where the boiler's always broken, a place of eternal cold. How do I keep warm, you ask? Oh, I just warm myself standing next to this steak. Oh, look, it's Joan of Arc. Oh, all right, Joan. Welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a way. As we listen to the gentle pop of clogs around the world, it's time to welcome our guests to this deteriorated dwelling. Now, some podcasts ask their guests the really big questions like whether they prefer poppadoms or bread. But we like to keep things light on this show, so we'll be discussing death and planning a fantasy funeral. I mean, it's something that comes to us all, so why not plan for it now? And joining me today is the quite brilliant James A. Custer. <laughs> oh, that was nice. That was unexpected. Little jingle there. When the music started, I thought, it's not going to say my name. Surely they're not going to do that for every guest. But there no was. expense spared. Very excited. Hello, Kathy. Hello, James. It's nice to meet you again, actually, because we have met before. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, we did a Cats Does Countdown, and we had a very nice train journey back to London to get together. It's filmed in Manchester. That's right. Little little bit of trivia there for the, the listeners. And you often get to have a long train journey back with whoever else was uh-huh. on it. I can't remember what we talked about. Did we just we just chatted shit, didn't we? We talked about we we set the world to rights. Very nice. And what are you up to now? I mean, I know you you've got your wonderful and highly successful podcast with the lovely Ed Gamble called what's it called? Off menu. Off menu. I keep calling it Where's Me Dinner? I think that's great. Uh, I, I think keep calling it that, and yeah. uh, you don't need to remember off menu. Where's me dinner? It's a funny name. We'll change that if we, if, we, if we make it to five hundred episodes. We'll change it to Where's me dinner. And have you been invited to like really posh fine eateries now? Every now and again, we've been invited to like a test kitchen. That's the most exciting one. Oh, Whenever nice. like someone's getting a restaurant together, it's always at those in, at those things. It's always like fellow chefs food critics, and then two comedians sat at the end who's having their minds blown by every single mouthful where everyone else is like quite chin-stroking, like, yeah, this could, this is quite good. This has potential and we're like, everything is amazing, and that, which means that we get extra, we often get extra portions a lot of the time because they're like, yeah, those two are loving it. And we end up the most drunk as well because we're not aware that the wine pairing throughout, you're not meant to finish the wine every time. We just uh, Oh, well, you're not. Well, apparently not. Then no one else is. Everyone else is like having as much wine as they need with that course, and that's it. And then you go, well, that's just going to get chucked down the sink. Although Ed, Ed will tell you with that story uh, that because uh, 
I drank every single glass of wine. I did leave without telling him, and he still hasn't let me forget that. Uh, he, he turned around and I'd gone. I was in an Uber home because I decided I can't do this too, too hammered. That's a great. That's the Irish way of leaving a do, that's and because uh, the goodbyes are so fucking boring, you could be there for another hour, and you just want to pop off. Although and, you um, know, that's quite relevant to this podcast, I guess. We all think I, I just, I just, just want to go, just want to go home. But that one time that you do the Irish exit on everyone, maybe you won't see those people again. You wish, you'll all wish you did say goodbye, Kathy. That's very true. It could because every goodbye could be the last goodbye. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, you've you've brought the tone down, which is great, which is it's exactly what we need, James. It's time to discuss... The death. Because I am a good girl and I do a bit of research, so I did the audio of your lovely book about classic scrapes. Oh, And uh, what was really interesting was the amount of near-death experiences that you've had. Yeah. Yeah. About three car crashes each getting progressively more dramatic. Um, the most dramatic one being trying to overtake a log lorry, three cars coming round the corner head on with me, me steering between the cars and the lorry, making it round the corner in time unscathed, then clipping the final car with the back of mine, spinning in front of the log lorry, the log lorry going into the passenger side of the car, pushing us across the road, up a grass verge, through a garden, through a greenhouse, back down onto the road where the lorry shifted then drive over our car, over the bonnet, then flipped over, and then all the logs, full-length tree logs, just rolled off of this lorry onto our car, and we got dragged in a swirling vortex of logs <laughs> through a hedge into a into a field. The logs, like, embedding themselves in the windshield. I had a log stop, like, probably a foot from my face. It was pretty close in the windshield. And then uh, we all climbed out the car. Uh, through the passenger window. It was the only way we could get out of the car because there were so many logs around the car. And then went and looked at what had happened because we weren't really aware that all that stuff had happened. Yes. It was all a blur. And then we got out and saw the log lorry on its side, this sea of logs, us down in the field underneath it. And uh, these people tearing the windshield off of the lorry and helping the lorry driver down. And I remember him looking around and, and he could see us, but he couldn't, he couldn't reach us because the logs were in the way. Yeah. So he just shouted from the, the road. He was like, are you okay? Who, who was the driver? And, and we were like, I was like, oh, I'm the driver, me. And he went, you're a fucking twat, mate. And I was like, oh, shit, I fell for that. I fell for that trick. Absolutely got me. But um, I will say, because I get, I get, you know, I can get some existential dread. And having a near-death experience is very helpful in that situation because I could have died then. So this is all a bonus. Because <laughs> <Right>. really, <laughs> our entire life is a bonus, but it's yes. hard to remember that. <laughs> well, I'm very, very glad that you survived those near-death experiences. But I'm very sad to have to tell you that <laughs> at the moment you, you are in fact dead. Mm. So ideally, how do you want to go? I would like to walk into a wall of lasers that I was unaware was even there. So I'd like uh-huh. to just, they could be in my blind spot. Right. Load of lasers and I just turn round and I'm, just you know, I'm, I'm sliced and diced. Yeah. And I don't know it's happened. I don't realise it's happened. It's just, it's just that. You know, in, in Of Mice and Men, where yes. <laughs> they tell him, if you if you shoot him right there, he won't even be aware of it. It'll be nothing, right? So maybe that's how I want to go. Oh, happen! I mean, although people aren't going to get me with that trick, so I've, I've 
I've read of mice and men. I've seen it because you've read the book. Yeah, if, if someone goes kneel down, I'll tell you about tending the rabbits. I'm like, I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up. I'm just going to speak to our listener if you don't mind now. Hello, ever wondered how the fuck someone becomes an undertaker? Well, join me on Six Feet Under, our bonus episodes where I rifle through your stories and chat to our resident undertaker, Rue Callender. You know, after 23 years of doing it, I'm still scared of death, but I'm more scared of grief. Yes. Really terrified of grief. Get involved, whack us an email on death at something else.com. There's no G in something. Well, the the laser beam sort of zip zapping. Yeah. It sounds very good because I suppose the one thing that frightens people the most about death is it being slow and lingering and incredibly painful. Yeah. I, I don't want to be aware of it. I don't want to have the last thing that I experience in life to be sheer terror. Uh-huh. I've had a, you know, we've all had uh, ups and downs in our lives and all sorts of things happen to us. But I feel like part of it is you're constantly just like, just trying to improve things for yourself, get things better. And that really, really be a kicker if like all you're doing is working towards the end when you're going, (laughs) oh my God, oh no, please. Like, I don't want that. That's it. His last words were, oh my God, oh fucking hell. (laughs) Those were... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So hopefully it can just be turn a corner, zap, that's it. Do you worry that, or not even worry, but like, do you think like, yeah, if you do enough of these episodes, mm. sooner or later, you're going to release an episode and then quite quickly after that episode, yes. the guest will die for real. Or I could. Odds are it's going to happen. Well, if you do, then it's a bit like, okay, you know, she hosted this thing about people dying, but like, if a guest does, they've literally come mm. on, said how they want to die, what they want their funeral to be like, everything, and everyone's going to go, that's creepy. And can the podcast carry on after that? Well, I think we'll cross that bridge even when we come <laughs> to it. But I'd like to think, mm. listen, you know, I don't know if you've ever sort of got an official will person to do a will. I, I have one. He's mm. called Phil the Will. And uh, it's actually it costs a bit of money. So yeah. this is free, you know. So actually, yeah. if if you if you want to plan it all and explain it all, then all your loved ones has to do is listen to the podcast and know exactly what it is you require. Oh, that's perfect, actually. Yeah, I didn't think of it like so, that. Thank you're you. welcome, darling. We tried to keep it positive, even though the show yes. is all about negativity. <laughs> yeah, it's often, often, often a lot of producers' notes. We've asked you to do this show about death. Uh, one thing, though, can you keep it positive, please? We don't want to bump people up. But this was your idea to talk about death all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was our idea. But also, we would like you to not... Don't get yeah, too morbid. Keep it light. Keep right? it light, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now you're gone, you've popped your clogs. How yeah. are people going to respond, do you think? Oh, my God, the great James A. Custer. He was zapped by loads of laser beams. I guess actually, now you've now you've phrased it as he he was zapped by loads of laser beams. I fear now that the death I've chosen is gonna um, out headline <laughs> me because I think regardless of how people feel about me or my comedy or my podcast or whatever, I think they're all gonna go. I'm sorry. How did it? And 
he wanted to do all the laser beams and they diced him up. And that's going to be what everyone will talk about, whether they liked me or not. What about, see, see, you're touring at the moment, are you not, young man? You... Kind of, yeah, I'm about to go and do a little short American tour. So, but you've pegged it. So who yeah. who's going to take over the tour? Because you know what these promoters are like, the, the tour's still got to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd hope, <laughs> I would hope that the tour would end and they wouldn't, I wouldn't need a replacement. I mean, if, if it's still got to happen... There's a guy called Josh Berry. Right. Who does impressions. Yeah. I've never met him, mm. but he does an impression of me that has done the rounds quite a few times. And it's, uh, I'll hold my hands up and admit that it's a good impression. Ah. I like it. It doesn't look too dissimilar to me either. Uh-huh. So it works. I reckon I could send Josh Berry on tour in my, in place of me. Yes. And, um, and people would be like, that's a fitting tribute. Although, he mainly just says fair play a lot um, <laughs> in my voice and does the head turn. But I think that's probably all people are coming for anyway <laughs> when they go and see me. But that's what impressionists do, isn't it? They, they sort of focus in either on a catchphrase or yeah. a bit of physicality. And they do say it's the highest form of flattery, don't they? Yes. Uh, which I don't entirely agree with. I think just giving me... <laughs> Underpanned in cash, I'd be extremely flattered, uh, much more yeah. flattered than somebody doing an impression of me. I do get a lot of people thinking they can do me, and and yeah, they can't. But... They can't. They're rubbish. You get a lot of per- perries. Oh yeah, I get a lot of um, oh people. Oh yeah, people always want me to say thank you, Mrs. Patterson. You know, in the Perry <laughs> voice. And uh, I directed a TV show in Ireland last year, and um, it was a ten-week shoot. And uh, and then at one point we were quite a way in. Well, I know how far in we were because we were doing a little hospital scene, and some and somebody brought in a cup of tea. I said thank you very much, and then I just gave it to him. I just said thank you, Miss Petson, and. The first AD, Jules, screamed, seven fucking weeks, I've waited for that. Seven <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so it was quite nice, you know. It's nice to sort of take people by surprise with it. Yeah, you know. that's good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, <laughs> you're biting your nails and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh yeah, now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing, I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I neck to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey goddess, whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom. Of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Oh, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's Better slash wake. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yes, but also now I'm worrying about you sort of no longer being with us. It's lovely that you got the magnificent Josh Berry to take over your stand-up show. But what about your mate Ed for Where's Me Dinner? So who the hell would Ed replace you with? Yeah, I mean... I think that it would have to be either. So people who get mentioned on the podcast a lot are Nish Kumar gets mentioned on the podcast a lot. Yeah. And my dad gets mentioned on the podcast a lot. Okay. Now I think my dad would represent my tastes in food a little bit better than Nish would. Uh-huh. My dad, big into desserts like I am. It's where I get it from. Um, I think Ed would feel quite good knowing that he's with someone from the same family. It would change... The tone of the podcast a bit. He's not got the same personality as I have. It'd be a bit of a battle for authority between him and Ed. <laughs> but I think the listeners would enjoy that battle. I think. Oh, I would love it. And yeah. Ed have it. And your dad would win because he's the he's the elder. So he's, he's the senior, one, he's yeah. the voice of authority. Yeah, so, I think so. Well, that's very nice. And what about what about your obituary? So somebody's got to write some some words about you. Your obituary, darling. So what publication would you like your obituary in? The publication that's written the most about me over the years is uh, the Evening Telegraph in Kettering. So I would definitely choose them to write the obit. They, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're a good publication. They've written stories about me, you know, doing gigs. They've written stories about me having a goat named after me at Wixteed Park. Oh. Um, they've they've done a lot of different you know when I turned on the Kettering Christmas lights oh. they, they they wrote an article about that um, that's great they, they, you do things for your local town like that because over the years I, I'm Islington born and bred born yeah. and bred I didn't just <laughs> fucking move there when I earned a shackle <laughs> like all the other twats <laughs> that Boris goes on about born and bred I was there when it was a shithole. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and it's still a shithole in places, and I'm still there. But I've yeah. often been asked to do things, and I, I say no. More often than not, if some twat is writing about me for their rag, uh, they say, uh, born in King's Cross or born in Camden. And, 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 and I think it's because they think, oh, our readers, we, we can't say Islington because people will think that's a posh area. And we can't say she was born in a posh area because that doesn't fit with a scumbag working class <laughs> persona. So we better say yeah. King's Cross. But now King's Cross has got quite trendy and regentrified. Mm. So I've noticed it's Camden, apparently, that I was born, which is still a bit more <laughs> rough around the edges. Oh, yeah, Camden. Oh, yeah, that's where people get their yeah. drugs, isn't it? Oh, yeah, she was born <laughs> there. Scummy little working class arsehole. Yeah, let's put away. <laughs> Put away <laughs> the worst place, you know. So um, that I mean, you know, that that will be exactly what they're doing as yes. well. Uh, yeah, sadly. So we're going to move on a little bit now, and I just want you to take a moment and think, like looking back on your life, James. You know, a lot of people mm. say, "Oh, I have no regrets." 
no regrets, which which I sort of think on any given d- day, some days I have regrets and then the next day I'll be like, ah, oh, I've got no regrets. And then the next day I'll be like, sure. oh, I really regret doing that, that and that. So looking back, is there anything you wish you'd done differently? Well, I bet you're going to get this answer a lot on this podcast. So if I'm just going to answer it honestly, I think everyone, everyone who is alive right now, pretty much everyone who's alive right now, is going to regret the amount of time they spent looking at screens. Ah. So that's just that's just going to happen. And I know it's a very obvious answer, but I think when when I get to the end, if I'm lucky enough to be able to pause and reflect, um, which I might, if it's if it's a wall of lasers, I'm fine. I don't have to yes reflect on any of this stuff. Um, which is part of the benefit of the wall of yeah. lasers, um, because I, I don't I don't want to die in fear, but I also don't want to die, uh, you know, taking my time for ages and looking back at my life and going, why the hell did I look at my phone every five seconds? What did I do? Oh, this is so precious, this whole life, and I've looked at my fucking phone. And I always knew I was going to die. Why did I do that? Um, that's what I think I'll feel. But you know, I'm sitting here saying this to you now guaranteed as soon as I come off this call and we'll look at of my course. phone. Of I, course. I, 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 I was trying to do less screen time yeah. recently. Yeah. And um, one of the big things was going going to the toilet. Oh, yeah. And not bringing my phone in you with me. You don't bring the phone and when you go to the toilet. I bring my phone in with me in the oh. toilet. And I, I went in, number twos, yeah. without my phone. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I realised that, like... I've, you know, since I've had my yeah. phone, I've done I've done a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't had a shit for a long time, and I really had a shit. You know? No, I don't know. What do you mean? I had a shit. <laughs> like I I experienced it. I was present for oh, it. Oh, I see. I've done loads of shit. I've done a bunch of shits where I've been on my yeah. phone, just watching my phone, just doing a yeah. shit. But now I really, truly had a shit. Wow. When people talk about having yeah. a shit, they want to only use that if they're present for it. I think we've got to stop using that term if we're on our phones. Well, yeah. I've really felt like I truly experienced the whole thing. I was there. I was conscious. I was present, cognizant. Well, it's one of the f- fundamental joys of being human, isn't it? Having a good, having yeah. a good satisfying poo. Completely just be there for better or worse. Yeah. Well done, James. Thank you, Kathy. So, um, just getting on to a bit of re- reincarnation now. <laughs> so, would you like to be... Animal, vegetable or mineral? What would you like to come back as? Actually, I don't know. The other day, literally mm. the other day, I was in a cab at a junction and I looked left and there was just a bin. Yeah. And for some reason... It made me think about death. <laughs> and I was like, every atom in my body when I die is going to become something, it's going to go into something mm. else. I was like, I might be a bin one day. I was thinking about that and I didn't like that. Did you know? It kind of, well, part of it made me feel immortal. Mm. And I was like, just, you know, that bin's probably going to outlive a lot of people. Yeah. The way the world is, I'm sure we've all been thinking about Death a lot more mm. since the pandemic started. Also, reflecting a lot more on global warming and what's going on there. Yes. And, you know, the extinction of humans. And you're like, what is the world going to be like 
Because when, when we're gone, yeah. all the stuff we built is just going to be knocking about still. It's, like, it's going to be a bin completely out of context just there. Mm. And there's going to be... like I went to Disney World uh, recently, yeah. and there are some um, shows there that don't have humans in them. The, the, the uh, Enchanted Tiki Room, you just walk in and you sit down, and it's a 20-minute show of these mechanical birds singing and everything. There's, you just flick a switch and it just goes... I was thinking, that's just going to be there. When we're all gone, that's, that's just going to be there. And then whatever race, you know, either discovers this planet from another planet, I don't know if that aliens mm. exist, or, or evolves on yeah. Earth, are going to one day walk into that tiki room, flick that switch to see what it does, and have a 20-minute show <laughs> put on for them and go, what is that? That's still going to be... Those birds are going to be there waiting to perform whenever. Think about that. I mean, you know, maybe I'd like to be a bird in the enchanted tiki room, mm. actually. That's an animal and a mineral. Yes. That's very good. Yeah, best of both worlds. I think I'd like to come back as a bird in the Enchanted Tiki Room. I would like them to make it less problematic. Uh, there are some bits in the Enchanted Tiki Room I think need a, need a re-examine. Yeah. Like what? So, like what? Well, like don't make all the... All the birds are from different countries and they're kind of stereotypes. Ah, right. And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that's very helpful, the Irish bird and the French one and the German one. Like, so let's not do that. Yeah. And also all the Tiki God stuff. Maybe get someone in who knows about that stuff. Yes. To so you know, maybe not have just Walt Disney's mates came up with it one day when they were smoking cigars. Maybe get someone else. <laughs> but I'd love to be yeah, one of the birds. I'd like to be you know a, a bird from Kevin yeah. in the Enchanted Tiki yeah. Room who uh, gets to do a little song and we'll just be there forever. See, I think that's brilliant. I really do because so far people have gone mineral. What do you mean mineral? They've just immediately gone, oh, cat, dog, you know. <laughs> the funeral. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to be fired into space, first of all. Okay. So I don't want to be... I don't, I don't like the thought of being buried, even though I know that's ridiculous. A part of me is like, well, what if I die, but actually I'm still conscious? And then you're just in the dead body going, oh, fucking hell, and getting eaten by all the worms underground. <laughs> and I guess I don't, also don't like the thought of being pushed through into a pit of fire and burnt to ash and then handed to my relatives in an urn. Mm. But I love the thought of being fired into space, not in anything either. What do you mean? Well, just your whole body shoved in a cannon of some sort or a rocket. Yeah, so, like, I'll, I'll be taken up to space in a rocket. Oh, Okay. And then once they're once they're in the spaceship, just fire me out. Well, we've got a slight problem here. If you've been zapped into smithereens by laser beams, oh yeah, oh, I see. Point. It's not going to be much of yeah, you. Where, where? Well, it's a big job for the mortician, and it. I hope they like jigsaws. Put it that way. <laughs> so you'd want to be put back together. In an ideal world, I'd like the best mortician. To be able to put me together like a jigsaw, like a like a smashed vase, uh-huh. and uh, stitch me all together again, so I look like Robert De Niro and Frankenstein, and then go up in the spaceship, and then they can fire me out into space, and then you know odds are at some point I'll hit something and then I'll, I'll explode, right. and all of my di- all, my body will go into all those pieces again, but. Uh, but I really like the the thought of my body just going, just drifting through space somewhere I've never been before. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. now you're fired into space or whatever. So, you know, your body 
obviously is is gone and been disintegrated, but yeah. your soul or whatever we're, we're led to believe might yeah. might if it could it might be heaven, it might be hell, it might just be the old limbo, but if it was heaven, and heaven has these pearly gates apparently, who would you like to meet you at the pearly gates? Who would be the person that you'd feel most comfortable with or most happy to see? Kate Humble. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kate, is she a friend? No, I've never met her. Okay. But, um... I've heard she's a cunt. Really? No. <laughs> no, as if... <laughs> God. I'll be, uh, that, that, that's, that would have stopped. That's how nice Kate Humble is, is that you feel like you can make that joke and it's definitely... You're definitely fine. Because she's all right. Like, I would want to know it was definitely heaven. Okay. And if Kate Humble's there, I'll go, okay, cool. I'm not being tricked. So we're at your funeral. Are you going to put out any rules? What are people wearing? Is there music? Talk, talk me through the funeral a little bit. I would want it. It wouldn't be like a... Because I wouldn't want to do a thing, a thing with a dress code at all. Right. I would want it to be, you just come as you are, you do what you want, you interpret however you want to mourn, you do it that way. Yes. Because I hate it when you go to stuff. Same, same with weddings. Mm. If, if you go to a wedding and it's just by the numbers wedding, yeah, and it doesn't feel very personal to the bride and groom. I'm just like, oh god, what, what, what are we doing here? Like, yes. this is so, so basic. And I thought we meant to celebrate these two being in love with each other, but it actually, doesn't. Just feels like we're just going through the motions. And then you know, a few years later, you go, yeah, called it, knew that would happen because the wedding was boring. And yes. uh, at a funeral, it's nothing sadder than like someone getting to the end of their life, dying. And then everyone turns up just wearing black, doing what they do at every funeral and going home. And you're like, oh, did that person not? It doesn't feel like that person, you know, that was a human being who had mm. all their own quirks and different things about them. And we just celebrated them. We, we, we just mourned them like it was nothing, like it was just like anybody else. And uh, music has to be a playlist that I have curated. I love DJing in any situation. Okay. I love getting control of the um, iPod <laughs> in the car. Yeah. Um, I love, you know, any time at a house party, get, get getting the music on. So, like, definitely I'll have already compiled a very long playlist for the funeral that we'll be playing throughout. And um, What, throughout and can, the funeral? So even people talking, yeah. there'll be music yeah. going on underneath. Yeah, they can turn it down a little bit and talk over it like Tim Key. Right. So, like, they can do it like that. <laughs> um, yes. What what would be a favourite track? What what's the track you would really love to be played? Well, whenever I'm DJing, I've DJed at a few friends' weddings, mm. and a guaranteed floor filler is "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia. Mm. Now that's not very personal to me, really, but it definitely the song that I play at any uh, any time I'm asked to DJ. So that would definitely be on there, and I hope everyone would have a good old dance to that. Well, let's uh, let's have a little listen. For licensing reasons, we cannot play this. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. They'll hear it at your funeral. Won't hear it now, but we'll, we'll definitely hear it at your funeral. So, we're going to have to have a eulogy. Mm. Which of your, I should imagine, you've got an abundance of friends, but which of your friends would you like to do the eulogy for you well i mean obviously we've got a lot of friends who are who are performers mm -hmm. who could do this who could pull it off really well 
I would want someone like Nish or Ed to write it. Yes. But to read it, I would like Samuel L. Jackson. Ah. Commander voice, knows how to do, do a monologue. He didn't know me, so he can get through it without blubbering, yeah. no emotions, just perform it really well. Yeah. As long as there's no vicar anywhere near it, that's that's the worst. Whenever there's a the eulogy, what is it with those guys? Especially when someone has died, and mm. the main eulogy is by a vicar who didn't know them. Oh, that's the worst. And they just go like bumble through it in a really like monotone way, mm. just kind of looking at the ground, occasionally looking up. At some point, plug their own church to the people who don't always go there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just give it, give themselves a little plug. Yeah. He's like, this, this can't be it, can it? This can't be the eulogy. Especially when I'm sitting there and I'm like, people could have asked me. I've got experience in yes. this. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. This guy's doing the gig. Well, what's wonderful is he, uh, we haven't got Samuel L. Jackson, but I do think we have a bit of Nish Kumar doing your eulogy. James A. Castor has died the way he lived, in a blimp. We were all concerned when James said, I renounce all forms of transport apart from the mighty blimp, and I will soar through the clouds, waving my middle fingers in the air at God himself. We said, James, that's a terrible idea. Blimps are not a reliable form of transportation. I don't think you should be using it, certainly in your day-to-day life, maybe once a year as a treat on a birthday or anniversary but certainly not to go to the shops to do your groceries. We all said this is a bad idea. He refused to listen. And now a blimp has claimed his life by exploding. And he will be reassured, I feel, to know that he took quite a few people out with him as well. It wasn't a Hindenburg, but it wasn't far off. Anyway, James, taken at the age of Whatever his age was, I wasn't keeping count. Rest in blimps, my brother. Rest in blimps. I mean, that's going to be undignified, isn't it? I can't have him do it. I can't have him doing the eulogy at my funeral if he's going to go on about blimps. He's just getting obsessed with blimps. But imagine if Nish had written that. Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson had read it. Oh. He, he would have even delivered the line... Um, taken from us at whatever age he was, I wasn't keeping count. Yes. He would have even delivered that. Yeah. With, with, uh, with... I wasn't keeping count, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, everyone would love it. They'd really feel that. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Thank you, Nish Kumar, for your contribute... Con- contribute... How'd you say? Contribution? What? Contribution. <laughs> <laughs> Contribution, that's it. It's got a B in it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We know you don't want to be buried, so you're mm-hmm. not got a gravestone. So what yeah. have you got? Well, where can we visit? Have you got a little plaque? What have you got? Well, surely the people of Ketterin are going to erect a statue of me. If they don't, I'm going to be furious. I'll yes. haunt Ketterin forever. So, and what's the pose of the statue? Are you are you sitting or are you standing? Is it is it very grand? Is it high in the sky like a Nelson? I think it would be extremely high in the sky like a Nelson because as much as I love the people of Ketterin, um, <laughs> I remember once walking through Ketterin a couple of years ago with my friend Jake and there was this very distinctive house and I, and I said to him, like, oh, if I ever moved back to Ketman, I'd want to move there. Yeah. And he went, you couldn't move there because it's really distinctive. And once everyone knows you live there, they'd throw kebabs and eggs at it and stuff in, in, in the <laughs> night when they're on the way back from the pub because there's a guy <laughs> off the telly who lives there. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, you're right. They would do that. And I think if I had a statue that was a, at, like, you know, its reachable height, yeah. it would be graffitied on and uh, all sorts. So I'd want it the highest Nelson ever, like really, really high. Um, I'd want it to be... You know that the talk about Great Wall of China is that the only man-made structure that can be seen from space. Yes. Um, I'd have my statue, yeah, so high that you can see it from space because it's literally in the stratosphere. It's right up there. So much so that maybe my own dead body could collide with it. Ah. You know, while, while it's drifting through space, I could just, like, bop off my own statue. So I, I, maybe I'd want the statue to be uh, me... <laughs> I, I, I'd be a, one that moves actually oh. me holding a baseball bat yeah. and it's just gen- gently swinging back and forth oh. in the hopes that one day my, if my own body drifts back towards earth yeah. my statue can just bop it back into space that's beautiful it's quite beautiful isn't it imagine that it visual. is it's conjuring up a really beautiful image actually <laughs> yeah. the will and the wake the wake yeah party time so what do you want I mean, I would just want every single one of my favourite dishes there. And okay. because Ed and I have done the podcast, um, we've talked a lot about our favourite foods. So mm. all my favourite restaurants that I've shouted out, I would want to uh, to cater at the wake. I've mentioned Shaq Fuyu, the Carolyn fried chicken from Cricket is at the wake. Um, the, the beef wellington that I've got at Ron Gastro Bar in Amsterdam is at the wake. Uh, the, the pizza bread from Alta is at the wake. Uh, my my, my mum's peanut butter slice cream is at the wake. That's definitely oh, there. Yeah, I've called the French and they do a dish that is like, has like a drunken prune and then a slice of uh, uh, cheese on top of it. Ideally, I would like this spread to be put on before I die as well so that I can eat it. Yes. Because <laughs> you're going to miss out, you see. Yeah. I think I want to be invited to this wake, actually. Well, that all sounds beautiful and delicious. Yeah. And so now, darling, the will. Is there anything that you really want somebody to have? There's a... A golden poppadom that I've got that the great Benito, the producer of the Off Menu podcast, sent me uh, when uh, we, we had done 50 million downloads of the podcast. Oh. And uh, I guess I just have to give it to a memorable guest on the podcast. So I'd probably just uh, send that to Joe Thomas of the Inbetweeners fame because he, mm-hmm. he, he, yeah. he, he had a good, good episode early on. Gorgeous. Anything you wouldn't want anybody finding? I mean, the instinctual joke is to say every laptop I've ever owned. 
But I think that would actually be quite disappointing and boring. I had a, I had a friend once who um, I left my laptop open. And so he deliberately went into my search history to really embarrass me. I walked back in the room and he, and he went, you are boring. <laughs> That's it. Nothing untoward. Ah, untoward stuff, but just like very pedestrian. I think right. he was like, oh, come on. Come on, where were you? You, you just got into porn yesterday? What is this? But the rest of us have developed horrific things that we're into. <laughs> You're looking at that? Well, listen, this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I think we're coming to the end mm-hmm. now. I just want to know, do you want to know when you're going to die? Because I've got oh. the power to do that, you see. Maybe not. Charlie Chaplin was told when he was going to die. Oh, yeah. By a fortune teller. And, and she was wrong. Okay. But he spent the last 10 years of his life just completely terrified. <laughs> thinking, it, it, here we go. So I would rather not know. Okay. Uh, maybe you can tell me on the day of it. No problem, darling. I'll keep that secret safe. But listen, James Acaster, I can't thank you enough. This has been so wonderful chatting. And um, that's it. You're dead. See ya. <laughs> thank you, Kathy. Yeah, Goodbye yeah. I forever. I remember being a kid and oh, seeing an advert for he's going. in a magazine for he's a going. portable TV. He's going. He's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. My producer goddess for this episode is Jemima Rathbone. Sound and video engineering by Josh Gibbs, Teddy Riley. Production coordinator is Archan Mohalay. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner and Dan Cocker. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs>